What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Previously on Transmissions from Colony One. If we're going to be staying, and if we're going to be accommodating over 60 more people, we need to solve the living space issue. We need to achieve sustainability with limited materials. Not to mention deal with your comment. How do we house 78 people? If we stay on Mars, we need to terraform the planet. The time has come to conduct withdrawals from global seed boats. Captain Rachel Yoshida will be piloting Phoenix 2 to London and it will travel south to the Millennium Seed Bank in West Sussex. After completing her objectives there, she will fly to Svalbard Global Seed Vault for further withdrawals at the Arctic base. Is this what you expected when you came back, Rachel? The second mission will be flying out in Phoenix 1 to Taiwan. The World Vegetable Center facility resides in Tainan City. I will be in command of this mission. I'm putting Fedor in charge while I'm away. Any signs of life in Taipei? You know the answer to that. There must be someone. Mechti Supply Depot 2. Mechti Headquarters near Austin, Nevada. Two days later. I was never exposed to the real grand scale of these missions until the Space Elevator and Hercules. Most of my work was done in med labs and hospitals. 68 of these things? Yeah. Though it makes up less than a percent of Earth atmosphere, you're going to need a lot of argon if you're planning for successful echopoiesis. Helmick, you were virtually liquidating Mechie's supply of nitrogen. And all of this will fit? Unless the schematics of Space Station Hercules are wrong, everything will fit inside. Even if it doesn't, Vasily let me know that we can safely secure it to the exterior of the ship. My god, what the hell are we even doing? I ask myself that every day now. Did Mekti ever test these echopoises? Don't hurt yourself, Nikki. Better just call them Megs. The US and Canada deployed refineries in the late 2020s after the war. Obviously not terraforming grade, but they were effective enough to tackle the fallout crisis. They created the blueprint. Once fusion came along, things got easier. That's not to say Megs have been tested in the field before. They've never been tested. Yet we're putting all of our eggs in one basket. Jane, I'm with Fedora and Nikki. You're on speaker. Good morning, Fedora. Good morning, Nikki. Morning, Jane. So I received a call from Stephen and Collins. They've reached the reentry system supply facility outside of Goldfield. They should have Walter and Nicole's updated supply list, correct? Yes. Natasha reported to me this morning that her team was able to get the solar chargers on the South Korean bunkers working. So, at the moment, things are looking up. Excellent. Not bad. What's the capacity of these ships, by the way? 400,000 DWT. Big fuckers. Oh. 
Begin atmospheric agent injection. Injecting. Injection tubes empty and sealed. What's going on now? We're monitoring the spread and mingle of all these gases until we deem it appropriate to attempt a coalescence. Stand by for stimulation loop. A coalescence? How do you achieve this? A high-voltage electric current powered by Colony One's fusion reactor. The lights might dim a little, Chloe. Photomagnetic confinement, 100%. Copy. Just about... Uh, how much power are you... Here go. Activate. Site. 
Rachel and her team have reached the Moon Seed Bank. Relay the info to Sam and Walter, please. They heard, Ebby. Be sure to alert the thermonuke retrieval team. Thanks for the update. Oh. Easy, Walter. That walkway is really narrow. Let's take five after we get this loaded then. What do you say? Part of the extraction's coming. Yeah, send Abby a photo. Sure, all the fun she's missing. Oh. We found a considerable amount of copper and nickel deposits in this fissure vent. Walter says there's enough here to create two magnetic guidance networks. Come on. A little more. And there's what? More fissure vents at the wasp wreckage? Should be more than enough to work with. Gonna get back to it, Abby. We'll radio back in a bit. Nada, over and out. You two recognize you're gonna be melting this stuff down, right? We can break it into smaller pieces. I've forgotten what cold feels like. 
How cold does this place get? Negative 20 Celsius. Mmm. Follow me. Christ. It's worse on Mars, I promise you. Oh, can't wait. Rita, hit the lights to your left. Hell of a lot of seed vaults. Over 7 billion seeds from over 50,000 species of plants. It's a lot. The vault seems to have been intact and still cold, which means we didn't waste our time coming here. Okay, Captain Wen, I'm sending you with Faye and Scott to begin with Sector A, vaults 1 through 58. Yes, Captain. A picture of the map of this place will probably help. Rita and Leslie will take vaults 59 through 106 in Sector B. Got it. That leaves Danny and Ava. Sector C, vaults 107 through 180. These seeds better be worth it in this cold. <laughs> Everyone sound off to make sure your comms are working in this temperature. Eva Murphy. Danny Holland. Make sure you read through your seed list and instructions carefully. Ten samples each, then gather in the two center labs for germination test. We don't have much time here, so let's get to work. Welcome to the Millennium Seed Bank. Center, Thailand. 32 days until close approach launch window. Potato bin, three contents, Yukon gold, Adirondack red, Rosset, Rosefin apple, and Austrian crescent. All right, potato bin four, Russet, red gold, Kennebec, and Russian banana. Omar. Happy Halloween, Felix. Commander Lee. Omar, you're back from Kaohsiung. How was it? Xiao. I see. I know that after our flyover of Shanghai, it was so... They're gone. As we've tried to tell you, but there must... they're gone. It's just the way it is. Thank you for your recon, Omar. I acknowledge it was a waste of time. You go on every day, just hoping to find one. Commander? Why can't we just find one? Commander. One.
I need this. Get back inside. Commander? I said go back inside. Get back to work. My father was a project manager for a software firm in Chicago. He made pretty good money, enough for my mother to stay at home and take care of me and my sister Marie. My father James was a coder, then he worked his way up. Marie, she was married to a surgeon. Two months away from their first child. You have siblings? No, only child. Your parents then, what did they do? <laughs> My mother was a manager of a robotics company. <sighs> My father was a professor for aeronautics, then became project manager for aerodynamics in Shaman. Aerodynamics, huh? Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You aren't alone. No matter everything we've gone through, everything we've seen, I still had hope that... What happened? It's not fair. None of us asked for it. None of us deserved it. But now we have it. I'll never get to say goodbye to any of my family. This is my reality, and there's no changing it. But you use that pain to push forward. It's our fuel. Rose, I hope I've not let you all down. I have tried to do my best. Commander, we support you. You've kept us alive all this time. You are our leader, and we will follow you to whatever end. Frigid Lake Superior, a fabricated creature birthed from the mind of a disturbed genius stalks the very people who created it. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler is a classic tale of science gone horribly wrong. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rachel, a uh, question. Go ahead. This plant here, this... Hemerocallus fulva, the tawny day lily. Did you know that it's not a true lily? So what? It's some ornamental plant. It's not even an actual lily. What difference does that make? Uh, it appears Scott Richmond here is a lily purist. <laughs> <laughs> 
that true, Scott? Would you call yourself a connoisseur? I don't give a shit about lilies. I'm wondering why Colony One's wanting us to waste storage space on decor. <sighs> Shouldn't we be gathering plant samples that actually- Read the whole profile, Scott. Invasive species. What's that have to do with anything? <sighs> Colony One isn't requesting these plants because they tie the room together. What do any invasive species do more than anything, Scott? They spread. They're hardy, and they can spread with ease. Go ahead and laugh, Faye. I'm not a botanist. All of the plants on the checklist here, they withstand a lot of brutality and survive. It is a bit strange. Colony One's put in a giant order of seeds for us to take to Mars. But think of all the plants we're not taking back. This is the last opportunity to salvage the genetic lineage of these plants. Whatever we leave here when we fly out to Svalbard, they go extinct. African violets, roses, cacti, orchids, then all the different types of trees that we're leaving behind. I tell you what, I want all of us to pick 50 seeds from one plant that's not on the manifest. Yeah? Yeah. Colony One will deal with it. Pick one plant, run a germination test, we'll load the seeds up. I'll go meet up with May and Rita and let them know. Kinda cool. Uh, I think we know what Scott's gonna pick. Maybe I will. If I don't, then how will our descendants know what's a true lily or just some pest? <laughs> I was right. A true devotee. <laughs> Later, Gemini 22nd, Tier 238, Amazonas Planitia, Mars. Successful GPS transmitter link in the rover. It goes where we go. That's how fast this centering machine is supposed to go? It's incredibly slow. Since it's printing a road over 3,200 kilometers, it's going to take a lot of time. But don't doubt this little guy knows what it's doing. We should probably load up, Luke. Son? Better keep you updated on that journey. I have the utmost confidence, as does Chloe. Right. Oh? Oh, no problem at all. It's only three weeks. I'll have more than enough time to radio in and annoy the living daylights out of her with my witty musings. You're an idiot. Come back to me, Pete Ross. I will. I swear. Keep him in line, you two. Oh, no worries about that. Good luck. Safe travels. You coming back inside, Chloe? In a minute. I want to see them off. Please. Come back in one piece.
Commander. Omar. Can't sleep either? Must be two in the morning. Look at this, Omar. This was my apartment back in Shaman. My dog. My fiance, Chan. Our wedding day was nearly two months ago. We were waiting until I came back down from Guanghangung. That was my life. Now, bones, acid rain, scorching heat. This is my life. <sighs> Ever since we came back from the moon, finding survivors has been my priority. When we stopped in South America, searched for survivors. Mexico, searched for survivors. At Edwards, I dispatched teams every damn day on the lookout. The hope to find some sign of existence of any survival drove me. The evidence was everywhere every day. I was defiant. <sighs> I had hope that it was just a matter of time, even coming all the way out here. Up on the moon, we had a front row seat. You saw? I did. But I didn't accept it until now. Why did I hold on to that? That false hope? Closure. Mm. I know. You know, before Rachel and Fedora showed up, I had considered fixing up the Phoenix One and flying to Shaman to see myself. As if somehow Chan, my parents, my friends would have somehow escaped this? Can you believe that? Commander Lee, I'd love to search for my people too. But our priorities have shifted. We have a launch window to meet. Oh right, Mars. You're all behind this notion, even though it sounds so far-fetched and impossible. Yet, there's this alternative. Yeah, well, fate's given us a crumb of a chance. We cannot blink. Hmm. <laughs> Someday, one of us will be saying, I told you so. Magnesium fire is burning at about 3,100 degrees Celsius. 
In this forge, you'll be creating magnets using the iron, nickel, and copper we provide for you. On the home screen of your tablet, I've uploaded procedures on how to operate the forge, and how to create the magnets we need within this forge, as well as how many thousands you will need to make. Magnesium is abundant in the Martian soil, so there will never be a shortage. You will be monitored constantly. Abby has set up sensors that will set an alarm if you try to leave through the door or the air ducts or any other means. If that alarm sounds, or if we see you on the surveillance cameras doing something you shouldn't be doing, a simple mouse click will turn the sprinkler system on. And I assume you know what happens when water meets a magnesium fire. I know about incendiaries, Walter. Every day there will be new buckets of metal. And every shift you will make sure they're empty. Understood. Understood. Get to work then. Once Connor returns from his nuke retrieval duty, he'll be joining you. What an honor. Commander? Captain? Give me the comms band. Switch to cockpit and cargo hold. Cargo crew, sound off on final systems and stability check. Ben Richards, check. Omar Alvarez, check. Sabo, check. Cargo is safe and secure. All systems are go. Right. Omar, Boa, Jarvis Island. Roger that, Commander. Load up the Titanon to uh, Jarvis Island flight plan. Very well. <sighs> Let us hope someday fortune shines brighter on this world. Solar Cargo Jet, Svalbard Airport, Village of Longyearbyen, Spitsbergen Island, Norway, November 5th, 2057. 27 50, days to launch window. 40, 30, 20, 10. Touchdown. Flaps are full. Deploying reverses down. Spoilers are extended. almost expected a harsher landing. No Arctic ice. Yeah, but there's still wind. May, retract the flaps. Holland, shut down radar. Retracting flaps. Disarm spoilers. Thrust down on reversers. Continue decel. Reversers are down. Spoilers are disarmed. I've got a handle on it now. Okay, Scott, you can go ahead and record a new SOS message for us to play. I'm going to taxi over to the terminal there on the left. Hopefully we'll be lucky in finding some more solar power trucks. You sure I need to record another SOS, Rachel? 
How do I hear it all the way up here? Get on it, Scott. <sighs> I'd take this wind ten times over that night touchdown at Heathrow. Look to your right. Yep, the Svalbard Global Seat Vault. What are we taking from this place? Let's look at the manifest. Uh, dark piles of soil samples, human DNA samples. Human DNA samples? What does that mean? <laughs> Think about it, May. Oh. There we got random nutrients, probiotics, tanks of frozen bacteria, algae, fungi, uh, a lot of soil-fixing microbes. And, and if there's any room left in our load capacity, Fill the rest with any seed samples we could use. And any survivors that might happen to be around, right? That's right. <sighs> this place is creeping me up. Welcome to Svalbard Global Seed Vault. Let's hope the power's still on here. Gosh! Rito, what's up? Oh, nothing. Just another skeleton. Must have been one of the workers. He was locked inside a vault in the ass end of nowhere and still got hit by the GRB. Jonas Johansson, Global Sea Vault Manager from Lavak, Norway. Poor bugger. I hope it was quick for him, as it was for the others. Ava, open up the tunnel to the vaults. Right. Looks like the interior is still cold and intact. Finally, some luck. Yeah. Some luck. Hmm, let's see. These two boxes from Germany. Yeah, those. Load them up. Huh, that's weird. This box has almost no weight to it. Because it's full of bacteria colonies. That would make sense. This cart's ready to take out, Faye. I've got it. Heading out to the truck now. Can't wait to get out of this place. I hear ya. Anything, Rita? Nope. Bones upon bones upon bones. There's no one here, Rachel. Rachel, Rita, help me load up these boxes. You sure all of these materials are going to keep in warmer temperatures? No. No, I'm not sure. But we flew all the way out here for it. No choice but to try.
When you guys take this load down to the cargo jet, go ahead and turn off Scott's recording. We won't need it anymore. Commander Lee didn't report it. No. An Italian physicist named Fermi, a hundred years ago or so, was having lunch with his colleagues, and they were discussing the existence of aliens. And he asked, where are they? If there are so many planets out there, and if there's so many of them that might harbor life, where are they? Why haven't we heard from them? Scientists for decades tried coming up with different answers to this paradox. Space is vast. Could take millions and billions of years for any contact to reach us. That was a generally accepted answer, Rita. There were other theories, though. One theory was that perhaps natural phenomena had destroyed their civilization. Like a gamma ray burst. I think if any other advanced race out there had their own mystery about our world, well, this GRB is Earth's answer to Fermi's paradox. The universe is a violent place. The human race on Earth is extinct on this planet. That if people living here were to all perish, no way anyone and likely anything survived. We're it. We're all that's left. Jonas Johansson from Larvik, Norway proves it. This is Rachel Yoshida. Rachel, how goes on Svalbard? Silent. We're beginning to send materials to the jet. Still on target to head out in a day, day and a half. Good to hear. The first convoy of materials is en route to Long Beach. And Commander Lee has landed at Jarvis Island. They're preparing supplies for the elevator carriers now. Perfect. What's new on Mars? Pete and his team should be arriving in Alcahira Vallis today. Zem has Tim creating magnets in this forge Walters concocted, and the thermonuclear retrieval team is nearing the South Pole. GPS ended up being a bit off in Terra Sirena, and they're caught in the middle of a polar storm that's grounding them for the time being. But even with delays, everything so far seems to be progressing beautifully. It appears so. Thanks for the call, Fedor. Everything from our old lives. Everyone who inhabited it. There's no one left. But we are here. We've been given the opportunity to continue the human story. Now we must decide what to do with that opportunity.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.